We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entering the Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience Week 15 DraftKings Picks presented by DraftKings. Who would have thought? Remember to smash the like button for the episode. And if you have a DraftKings basketball strategy question, leave it in the comment section of this video because I am doing a huge primer for NBA DraftKings sometime early next week, let's put it. And if you have some viable questions, I will bring them up to the experts I'm talking because I want to get in the NBA this year. So I got to ask the people who actually win at this stuff. So it's going to be a learning experience for all of us. But if you just want to get there with the best tools in the business, you need to go to ftndaily.com. You get the basketball package or the football package or both right now up there uh, and use code Mayo. Get yourself a discount on it. Remember to sub to Mayo Media Network as well. Let's jump into this right away. I suppose I should say you can find the cheat sheet up Saturday on DraftKingsPlaybook.com. My pivots column for DraftKings tournaments on ftndaily.com also on Saturday, joining us live from a hostage situation somewhere overseas. If you hold up today's newspaper, Elliot, I can know that I'm actually talking to you. Are you okay? Yes, sir. I'm doing well. I, uh, I'm a little nervous about this week and, and some of the jokes that are about to take place, but I'm, I'm excited to be back, Pat. I've missed you. You really have to remember that no one remembers anything that happened more than a week ago, so everyone forgets that you called everyone a fish for playing Derrick Henry, and now you're going to come on and tell us to play Derrick Henry, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, it's December, right? So against the team that's allowed the most points to running backs this year as 10.5-point home favorites when the Titans run 61% of the time when they lead by seven or more. Uh, Henry breaks tackles, Lions can't tackle. It's uh, This is a, another 150-yard multi-touchdown game incoming based on all, all signs on paper. Well, let's just go to the top then. Derrick Henry, $9,500. Then you have Dalvin Cook at $9,000. Now, Dalvin Cook was able to get it done last week against Tampa Bay. He didn't go off, but he had a pretty nice game. 
Are you just going to be jamming in Derrick Henry, or do you go to Cook and hopefully that Henry, I don't know, ends up with like 120 yards and somehow no touchdowns, Tannehill throws them all, and Delvin Cook is the one who goes off, then you leverage all that ownership, because I would imagine that Derrick Henry is going to be like 40% owned in large field tournaments. Yeah, I definitely think you can pivot off Derrick Henry. It's, you know, I just talked about why he's such a good play, but um, that's still kind of what you need for him to pay off 9,500 because you're looking at a guy that might see two targets, right? So you're going to need those big runs and multi-touchdowns, and he's probably going to get it, right? No one has more breakaway runs than Derrick Henry. Um, He's second in the league in broken tackles. Lions are sixth in missed tackles. Uh, They're a dome team in December going down to Tennessee, uh, and we know how Derrick Henry continues to get stronger as the season goes on. So I definitely think that Derrick Henry is the highest projected scoring running back. But if his ownership comes in at 30 40%, I have no problem kind of going closer to that 20% mark and, and pivoting some to Dalvin Cook, who this is basically a must-win game for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, and they're going to get Cook involved. He's going to have as many opportunities uh, as Derrick Henry does. The Bears are obviously a much better defense than the Lions are. But Cook is going to have more usage in the passing game. And he's he's the, he's got that same rushing upside that Henry does. So I don't mind Cook as a leverage play or a pivot off of Derrick Henry at all. Could you see yourself not using either one of them and just dropping into the sevens? Because you have Kamara right there. You have James Robinson, Jonathan Taylor, all situated, along with David Montgomery, who's now shockingly up to $7,000. It's not like Minnesota's defense is any great shakes. Could you use just two of these guys or even drop even lower if you wanted to and just fade the very top of the board? altogether yeah there's enough receivers that are in really good spots whether it's Tyreek Hill DK Metcalf uh, that I think you could definitely make an argument that paying down for some of these guys makes some sense I mean Jonathan Taylor takes on a Houston defense that is basically the worst at everything right you name it they're the worst at it they can't cover short they can't cover running backs they can't stop the run Taylor has seen an increased usage last week was the second leading rusher in in football Uh, we continue to attack that Texans run defense and it continues to work. Jonathan Taylor's obviously priced up, but that's a that's a really solid matchup. Alvin Kamara, I think, is pretty interesting this week because we finally saw the Saints trail with uh, Taysom Hill, and he saw 10 targets. And the way you attack this Chiefs team is with running backs. They're 31st DVOA against the running back position. So I think if you say, well, I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. They're three-point favorites down there. We're going to have Alvin Kamara in a play-from-behind situation where the Saints are going to target him a lot. To me, that becomes a very intriguing play. They also struggle in run defense. So I think that's a that's a big game where the Saints are obviously trying to compete for that number one seed, which is more important this year than it's ever been. So I think Kamara at 7,400 is definitely intriguing. Uh, James Robinson, uh, we saw his lowest usage last week in terms of carry since week seven. Uh, the Ravens, you can run on them. We saw the Browns do it. However, the Browns offensive line or rush offensive line is arguably the best in all of football. So um he he started to see a little bit less usage in the past game as they got blown out. There are 13-point dogs. This For me, with James Robinson, it's one of those, how close do I think the Jaguars keep it in terms of me playing him? And like you said, Montgomery, is he's been awesome. He's got about as good of a matchup the last three weeks as you could ask for with the Packers, the Texans, and the Lions. But the Vikings team, if you looked at uh, FTN's expected fantasy points against – 
metric, they have allowed the most fantasy or expected fantasy points to running backs this year, but not most actual points. So they, they've left a lot of points on the field for running backs. So if, if Montgomery can get those this week, he's got an opportunity to pay off that price tag where I think he's now priced in a point where people are probably going to look in a different direction. I'll have the full ownership recap on Friday evening show, along with your start sick questions. And if you are new to the show, we're only talking about the main slate on DraftKings, the 11-game slate. That's why there's no Saturday talk, no Monday talk, that entire thing, no Sunday evening talk. People get confused about this every single week, which I just find shocking. But, you know, we're into week 15, picking up some new people. If you're new, subscribe. Or if you're just watching and are unsubscribed, subscribe to Mayo Media Network and get all your tools and projections at ftndaily.com. Code Mayo. All right? I'm just very confused. There just seems like a lot of really good plays. Like, I don't know how popular David Montgomery is going to be, only because you still, you see the name David Montgomery, you see $7,000. It just seems like a lot for a guy who's been going absolutely off. And then I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, maybe I'll just use Miles Sanders for $100 cheaper. He looked really good with Jalen Hurts. They went back and committed to him full time. But now that people are, like, comfortable with Miles Sanders again, this just absolutely goes the other way, doesn't it? Yeah, the Miles Sanders thing is really interesting because with Jalen Hurts, he played 80% of the snaps last week. He saw uh, high in targets or high in receptions since week four. Like He got his usage back. Shout out to Doug Peterson, who realized that Miles Sanders is better than Jordan Howard. Um, he obviously had that massive run and it inflated his totals. But anytime you have a rushing quarterback, you can run the zone read. There, there are bigger holes for these guys. And a guy like Miles Sanders has that explosive ability to take it to the house. And that Saints run defense hadn't allowed a 100-yard rusher in 35 games. And last week they allowed two. So the Eagles rushing offense could really take a step forward. I like that call a lot. And then the other guy in that range that I think is going to eat up a lot of ownership is Cam Akers. Right, coming off that masterful performance against the Patriots, clearly is that workhorse back. That Rams offense is going to have a ton of touchdown upside, and running backs historically have dominated in touchdowns with them, obviously inflated by Todd Gurley. But coming into the year, running backs average 18.7 touchdowns per season on the Rams. They've been splitting them up three ways. Now it's almost the Cam Akers show. So at 6,600 is 17.5 point home favorites. I think he's a guy that's going to eat up a lot of ownership and rightfully so because he could be looking at 30 plus touches again. It's a really tricky matchup in a weird way because the Jets do not have a good run defense, but their pass defense is even worse that if you just look at fantasy points for running backs against the Jets, it's actually a lot lower than you would think it would be for a team that can't tackle anyone just because it's so easy to pass all over them like I would be I don't like doing it but I'd be good with fading Cam Akers this week and going up to a Sanders or just completely going down the board and I don't know like we're gonna have a situation where it doesn't look like Mostert's gonna play so Jeff Wilson opens up uh, pretty incredibly here for some decent value and then you have Ronald Jones not likely to play like you could go to Leonard Fournette I'll probably fade that because the Falcons run defense has been pretty good too but like Zeke may or may not play with this calf injury so that opens up Tony Pollard at $5,200 in a tougher matchup. But you know, th these are ultimate savings that you can find here that I think if I was going to fade someone, fading a $6,000 running back might be the play here. Yeah, and also if you're going to fade Akers and he ends up with the ownership that I think he might, a guy like Robert Woods or Cooper Cup become excellent leverage plays for the exact reason you just said. The Jets secondary, uh, I mean – Pat, I'm pretty sure you and I might be able to make the Jets at corner this year. Uh, they have they have been just abysmal in that area of the field. Um, I, I like your calls about some of these running backs. I mean, Tony Pollard is, is an absolute beast and a nightmare in the passing game for opposing defenses. And like you said, it's not a great matchup. But if he's if Zeke's out and we're looking at 80% snap 
rate Tony Pollard. That's going to be really tough to pass on 5,200. Leonard Fournette was a healthy scratch last week, which is kind of terrifying. He's been abysmal. And Colt McCoy saw 16 of 20 snaps that Ronald Jones wasn't in. He's min-priced. And Colt McCoy is dust, but he's probably going to be the pass game uh, guy. Uh, LaShawn McCoy is the running back's name, by the way. What did I call him? Colt McCoy. Well, honestly, they're both equally as relevant at this point. But, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, that's that's my bad. Um, so I like that call as well. And one guy in the 5,500 range that you're probably going to say that's gross, but I think is worth talking about is Kenyon Drake. He's been seeing insane usage the last few weeks. Um, most red zone carries in the NFL uh, the last four weeks, multiple carries inside the five-yard line, has a lot of touchdown equity, eight targets the last four games. Um, they've, they've been using him more and more, and he's, he was what? He had 23 carries last week. Anytime a guy is 5,500 and seeing 25 opportunities and continues to come in at sub-5% ownership, I think he's worth talking about. And Chase Edmonds popped up on the injury report as well, so we could see an even bigger percentage of the snap share this week and maybe start to suck in more and more of those receptions from the backfield. The one downside would be that it did appear like Kyler Murray is going to be a little bit healthier, and that encouraged him to run a little bit more, at least just based on what I watched, that if he's going to start soaking up 8 to 10 carries again a game, start calling, calling his own number around the goal line, that could have a severely detrimental impact on Kenyon Drake. Oh, 100%. I mean, Murray looked as healthy as he's had since he had the AC joint injury against the Seahawks, right? Back to 13 rush attempts, which is what he was basically averaging practically before uh, the injury. However, the one thing that I think Drake has going for him is, you know, that he had two carries inside the one-yard line, converting one for a touchdown. But the opposing teams near the goal line are trying to take away Murray in the rushing game, which leads um, for touchdown upside for Kenyon Drake. But you're absolutely right. The more Murray runs, the less opportunities Drake has. But I just think a guy who's gotten 20-plus carries in two of the last three weeks, uh, who's getting the carries inside the five-yard line, and if Chase Edmonds misses, can get that pass game work at 5,500. I think if Zeke's out, you'll have people play Pollard over him. He he was 2% in tournaments last week. I just think he's a guy that people are, are fed up with and is getting volume where at some point he's going to pop. What do we do with the Miami backfield? Because we don't know exactly who's going to be playing and who's not. But if it's just DeAndre Washington again, I don't feel like anyone's going to use him because he's not the stone min at $4,000. He's $4,700 this week. But we just saw Cam Akers torch the Patriots on the ground. With everyone out for the Dolphins, maybe they can you know stack the box and shut down the running game. But it would seem like you want to keep it on the ground as much as possible. It could be like another 20-touch day for DeAndre Washington. Yeah, that's definitely well within the range of outcomes. And Washington was a guy that was getting good usage last week, and then the Dolphins starting started to get blown out, and then uh, he got taken off the field. So he's definitely not game script independent. But he's a, he's a guy where they're two-point home favorites. I don't think the Patriots are going to blow this team out. You can run on them. The Dolphins do want to run and protect Tua. Um, and I think at 4,700, he's a guy that'll be sub 5% and has 15 to 20 touch upside. And those are always intriguing guys. I think Lynn Bowden's going to be fair, uh, be a little bit popular. Now he is much more of a receiver than he is a running back, but I just bring him up because uh, he's a guy that's getting some buzz. Saw nine targets last week, takes on um, Jonathan Jones in the slot, who is allowed the second most fantasy points per route run against him. And he's 3,600. But again, he plays wide receiver, even though he was drafted to be a running back. Yeah, you can't just slot him in at running back just because you want to. Right. <laughs>
yeah, I just wanted to mention that he he plays somewhat of a role in that backfield as well. Patrick Laird is a guy that um, I'll let other people have a good time uh, talking about. Is he's just not someone that I'm have any interest in. Well, the problem becomes if Salvan Ahmed is back, is it then his job? If Matt Breda, it doesn't seem like if Matt Breda is active or not, it really matters. But like, I guess is Miles Gaston officially out? Like, could he play this weekend if he gets activated from the COVID list? Um, I. F- not that I don't, I'm actually not hundred percent sure. Um, but it's the latest report I've seen is that he could miss multiple weeks. All right. So, um, so. Th- this is a really good situation to try to exploit because it, if too many people are back, it becomes unplayable either way, but enough people will stay away from the situation because of the confusion. They don't want to pay attention to updates and they don't want to track the injury report up to lock on Sunday morning that this could be a really interesting spot to get a very low owned guy. Maybe DeAndre Washington just sucks and you shouldn't play him. There's always that <laughs> in the range of outcomes as well, but it does seem like a good leverage spot amongst all of these cheaper running backs where I think that regardless of what happens and what news comes out about Fournette, even though it's a kind of of a bad matchup it does seem like he's going to be the one getting all the touches he's cheaper that people will just instinctively go to him over washington even if their situations are exactly the same yeah i i think that's a great call where when there's a lot of variance and a lot of unknown take the guy who's uh the much lower owned play uh the dolphins like you said and we, we record the show thursday morning there's so much unknown with the nfl and the injury stuff right now and the covid stuff with the dolphins backfield that it's tough to say for sure but if if ahmed is out if um i mean like i don't think Breda factors in much they don't they don't like him uh, and Gaskins is out. I think Washington's definitely an intriguing play. So I think for me, I'll have to make the coin flip choice between Cook and Henry, and I'll let ownership projections likely dictate that, because I'm only going to play like three or four lineups, as I do in most weeks. I'll probably fade Cam Akers in that $6,000 range. That'll be a stand that I'll have to make, and hopefully... Listen, I think Cam Akers is a good play, but when you're only playing so many, when you're playing limited lineups and you're not playing cash games, you need to make a stand somewhere. So I'll avoid that area, probably completely and then go to someone like Kenyon Drake maybe Jeff Wilson DeAndre Washington depending on who opens up down there I think that's probably going to be my likeliest running back build this week yeah I think that makes that makes a lot of sense if you're going to pay up for one of those guys uh, I mean Derek Henry 9500 you have to start being willing to make some sacrifices there so those cheap running back plays make a lot of sense to me and I you know I, I think that Jonathan Taylor uh, at 7200 provides a ton of upside as well would you I'm go? Gonna, would you go Taylor uh, over Kamara? Um, raw projection, I would say that uh, I think Taylor's got a. Um, I would actually lean Taylor just because of the matchup, uh, because if you know the Saints are able to control the game at all, um, they are Alvin Kamara's target upside is is limited. Um, so I I think Taylor has a really good opportunity for hundred plus yards and I mean he's gone over 93 straight weeks if he gets 15 plus touches against the Texans he's going to obliterate them what do we how do we feel about DeAndre Swift in this spot as the pivot off of Cam Akers going down $200 uh if he had just got that one yard line touch that carry on Johnson ended up with he would have scored two touchdowns last week like he was a fine play anyway he just didn't get the overall bulk volume but if this is a situation where they're big dogs on the road now I don't know if Matthew Stafford is starting or not that could play into this situation but he can be used a lot in the receiving game this week yeah he's got uh three straight weeks of five plus targets right I mean that's that's one of his best skill sets um the big thing with him is health right i mean the concussion he was seriously uh seriously struggling with coming back from 
um, you know, really lethargic, but got back in the game last week um, and should see potential increased usage in this one. Uh, before he got the concussion, they were ready to turn over the workhorse role to him. Um, I would prefer Matthew Stafford to play in this game because I think that definitely gives the Lions offense and as a whole much more upside. Uh, he's definitely in play as a pivot. I would probably eat the chalk with Akers over him uh, where, where it stands right now, though. Okay, let's move to receivers. We'll talk about stacks once we get to the quarterback section. But as one-off plays, if we go to the very top, you have Tyreek Hill now as the most expensive receiver. Are we overthinking this, that the, the move should just be jamming as many Chiefs and Saints as you can possibly afford, and then just use Lynn Bowden at $3,600 and be on your way? I mean, Tyreek Hill is now getting the volume we've always dreamed about, right? He's seen, what, 25 points in six of his last seven games. Um, he's getting that those double-digit targets. They're moving him inside to the slot, which is where you want to attack the Saints, so he's going to avoid Marshawn Lattimore. Not that Lattimore has been what he once was or can cover Hill, but he just gets these clean releases and gets downfield. They're manufacturing touches for him. Uh, Mahomes is now playing in a dome in the highest total game in a competitive game. Uh, I think you know Tyree Kill is is kind of put up big numbers again. Uh, this is the most dangerous player arguably in all of football now seeing double digit targets on a weekly basis it's it's tough to say that he's not a great play the issue becomes you can't afford him and one of the top end running backs yeah you, 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 have, you can, have to make you that can, you and can that, but your team sucks basically <laughs> yeah you can do it and then the rest of your team is lynn bowden and chase daniel and you're like whoa um maybe not this isn't the best strategy uh but yeah i mean I think that if you're going to do Tyreek Hill, it makes a lot of sense to do the game stack uh, with him and Kamara and Patrick Mahomes or uh, potentially him, Michael Thomas and Taysom Hill, something like that. I think game stacking up that Chiefs Saints game makes a lot of sense. So of the very top end receivers, you have Hill, you have DK Metcalf at $8,600. Calvin Ridley, and I doubt we're going to see Julio once again, although it's against Tampa. We'll see how that works out. DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Brown, Allen Robinson, Justin Jefferson, Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen, and Cooper Cup. That's the $7,000 and up range this week. I, I'm find it I'm hard pressed to find a good one off that I really want to go to here. It's either I'm maybe Allen Robinson is the one off that I could see myself using just cuz he regardless of whether Trubisky is good or bad, he is the one who's going to end up having a good week on the Bears, but everyone else it feels like they almost need to be a part of a stack cuz they're so expensive. Yeah, the, Allen Robinson is in a great position against a Minnesota team with three of the worst 10 corners in fantasy points per route run against. We know that Trubisky is going to lean on uh, Allen Robinson. It's a, it's a game in a dome. I think Robinson's got a really good chance at uh, 10 plus targets. I actually think Trubisky is a reasonable guy to talk about. When we talk about tight ends, uh, potentially even Cole Komet, but we'll, we'll get gross in a minute. We're talking about good receivers right now. DK Metcalf, I think you can make an argument for being a one-off play and taking up the entire Seahawks passing offense. Uh, they've, they're not letting Russ cook as much as they used to. And so it's tough to imagine both him and Lockett going off, but Metcalf saw eight targets last week that came out in the middle of the third quarter. Uh, he's he's seeing more and more targets. He leads the league in air yard share the last four weeks. The Washington is is 32nd DVOA against wide receiver ones. DK Metcalf is second in the NFL in end zone targets as well. So he's got a ton of touchdown upside. He's one of these guys that can go off for 100 plus and two touchdowns anytime he steps on the field against anybody. And I'm not particularly worried about Kendall Fuller. I know that Washington's got a good front and their defense is a little underrated, but I think Metcalf is a guy that you could make an argument for being a one-off because 
you look at Cook, you look at Henry, you look, you look at Hill and Metcalf, I think it's a safe bet that Metcalf has the lowest ownership of the four. In the $6,000 range at receiver, it kicks off with Julio, who's probably not going to play. Then you have Woods, who I'm guessing that the Ram, maybe there's too much Cam Akers love that the Ram stack is not as high as it probably should be against the Jets. But then you're into your Lockets, Evans, McLaurins. Is this a situation where everyone wants to use the shiny new toy and just take Brendan Ayuk against the Cowboys at $6,300, which seems like a really good situation? Or do you say, hey, Alex Smith looks like he's playing. McLaurin's coming off two bad weeks. Now he gets Seattle. This could be a really good opportunity for him to finally really explode and break his slate. Yeah, I mean, he's going. he's gone off against, what, San Francisco and Pittsburgh the last two weeks, and they've limited him. But Seattle... They've been better of late, and they're still the worst team in the NFL uh, in basically every single wide receiver matchup. McLaren still is going to eat up all the uh, as many wide receiver targets as the Washington can handle. I think he's at 6,600. He's going to be sub 10%. I think he's one of the best tournament plays of the week. Um, jumping up a little bit, I think Cup and Woods are definitely in play as that, that stack. If you, if you did a golf Woods Cup stack and faded acres, I think you'd have a lot of leverage on the field. Uh, and the Jets are going to give up 30-plus points again in this one. So if it doesn't end up going on the ground, Goff could see four-plus touchdowns and Coop, uh, Cup and Woods could really go off. So I like that call a lot. But, yeah, I do want to say Brandon Ayuk going to be chalky, but for good reason, right? His his target share is top six in the NFL the last four weeks. No Debo Samuel, he sees two more targets a game. He is going to be fed against one of the worst defenses in all of football. So Ayuk is a guy that's just absolutely exploded onto the scene. And it's definitely too cheap for his workload and talent right now. If you're looking to save some money because you want to pay up at running back or have a very expensive stack, as a one-off play, like I said, I, I like McLaurin as a one-off. I don't think you need to stack them together. The same thing with Marvin Jones, and this kind of hinges on Stafford playing. I don't know if he's going to be any good with Chase Daniel or not, but it's the Titans' defense, which is just terrible in the secondary, so maybe Chase Daniel can get him the ball. But if Galladay doesn't go, just to look at who he's surrounded by. You have T.Y. Hilton, who everyone wants to use. It's, it's T.Y. Hilton Texans week once again, so you got to fire him up. Uh, Devontae Parker is going to be out, but you have Corey Davis right below him. Everyone's infatuated with Corey Davis. If you run optimizers, Corey Davis is being pumped out as one of the best points per dollar receivers this week, one of the best values on the board, and he's sub $6,000. That with Ayuk and and Corey Davis and T.Y. Hilton all there, everyone else in this range is going to be severely under-owned. Like, I think you can make a compelling case despite the matchup being really bad, that Murray Cooper's a decent play. But I really like Marvin Jones every time that Kenny Galladay sits. And he should have had a touchdown last week. They just didn't call it a touchdown for some reason. Yeah, I mean, the Titans are a bottom three team and expected points allowed to wide receivers. I know Malcolm Butler has had a couple good games, but this is a Lions team that's going to be playing from behind. And if Stafford does play, one of the biggest things for Stafford is pressure rate against him. He's really good when he gets a clean pocket, when he gets some pressure in his face. His completion percentage kind of drops off a cliff, but the Titans are dead last in pressure rate. There's no Jadavion Clowney. Uh, like this is a team you want to attack vertically. I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones and Rashad Higgins got it one off against this team. So Marvin Jones seeing eight plus targets in this game at very low ownership, I think, is a really uh, sharp call. I agree with your take on Ty Hill, and he's definitely come on of late. I, the the Texans narrative, I think, is a little overblown and doesn't necessarily mean that much. The thing with Corey Davis and the Titans is that uh, the Lions' defense is, is awful against the run. They're also awful against the pass. Both Brown and Davis are top six in fantasy points per route run. The issue is that there's just not enough passing volume to support Brown and Davis and Henry have a big game. So 
you know, the optimizers are popping on a lot of Titans guys, but they don't correlate well because the, the passing volume is limited. So I think it's definitely Davis makes sense if you want to take a stand on uh, Derrick Henry, for example, paying down for Corey Davis. But uh, I wouldn't have Davis and Brown on the same lineup, and I don't think I'd have Davis and Henry in the same lineup. Well, if you have Henry, could you – and let's say Stafford ends up going. It's almost like the DeAndre Washington Dolphins backfield situation where people aren't going to want to wait to hear if Stafford's playing or not. Maybe they don't even trust him if he does end up in the lineup where you could play Stafford, Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson, bring it back with Derrick Henry. All of a sudden you seem – you get your chalk Henry exposure, but you built your lineup in a way that is fairly unique, I would think. Yeah, I really like the Hawkinson call in terms of you know the – Titans are 32nd DVOA against that position. Uh, Hawkinson's averaging 7.2 targets per game without uh, Kenny Galladay, 20 in the last two weeks. He's just becoming a big part of that offense. He's one of the top picks in the draft when he came out, so he, he's a he's a freak athlete at that tight end position. Uh, running uh, Derrick Henry team back with Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson, I think you're going to have 40-plus pass attempts from the Lions in that game. Uh, it, it becomes very intriguing. and We know those garbage-time quarterback points – you know, they, you got to wait for them, but they, they come in bunches. So I, I like that call a lot. Other than that, with the Dolphins guys, we don't know if Devontae Parker is going to play or not. It does not appear like Gesicki or Jakeem Grant are going to go. That leaves Mac Hollins and Lynn Bowden. Everyone's going to use Lynn Bowden, I would think. Uh, but Mac Hollins is also $3,500. Is there a compelling case to be made to say, you know what? Bill Belichick is going to make Tua look bad. He is not going to do anything in this game. So you should just fade these guys. I mean, if you look at history with what Bill Belichick has done against rookie quarterbacks, right? We, you know, your boy, our guy at FTN Daily, um, just uh, Jeff Feinberg, loves some Justin Herbert, right? And he made Justin Herbert look like a, a, a joke in that Patriots game. Bill Belichick has dominated rookie quarterbacks for quite a long time. I think the Dolphins are going to try to win this game with their running game and defense and uh, underneath passes, not take a ton of risk. And that Patriots secondary has been playing a lot better. Uh, J.C. Jackson is one of the best corners. Stephon Gilmore has been one of the best corners in the NFL. Uh, Matt Collins against these guys isn't necessarily somewhere I really want to go. I get the savings. Uh, Lynn Bowden definitely has the best matchup, but you know you could easily be looking at a three catch for 18 yards game. That like that that's well within the range of outcomes for Lynn Bowden. So if we're going to pay down at wide receiver to save some money, maybe running back's a better position or even tight end at this point, but we've talked about you know a chief stack that would involve Travis Kelsey or TJ Hawkinson, who's relatively expensive, that if I did want to save money at wide receiver and it's not going to be one of the Dolphins guys, who would it be? Is it one of the Jets guys? Because I don't want to go down that road. Yeah, uh, no, no, thank you. Um, well, against that Rams defense, that's allowing the fewest net yards per pass attempt against um, – I have I have no interest in Jets this week. I I don't think I can pay the five grand for the Rams defense, but I'm completely avoiding the uh, the the Jets altogether. Uh, Jalen Rager is a guy that you know he looked better with Jalen Hurts. We know that if the pass volume goes up, Rager is going to be a big part of that. I think he's interesting for his big playability. Chad Hansen has seen seven or more tar- or seven targets in back to back games. Brandon Cooks is potentially banged up. I think he's a little bit interesting to run back Jonathan Taylor teams with. Uh, Watson's receivers whether it's Kiki QT or Hanson or Jordan Aikens dropping nine touchdowns. Um, he's going to support one of these guys in getting there. And, uh, you know, even potentially Danny Amendola against the Titans team. I know they got Desmond King and are, are better in the slot, but that's another way to, if you're not going to go Marvin Jones, get a guy that has some potential upside and playing major comeback role. Yeah, I would play Hanson if... 
Cooks is out again. I guess the other one for me would be Kendrick Bourne. Just if everyone's going to be on Ayuk, very few people are going to use Bourne. He's only $4,100. There's not going to be any Debo. Kittle's not going to be coming back. That that seems somewhat sensible to me. Or that maybe this works better as a part of a stack and you leave off, you, you roll the dice and leave off Woods or Cup. But Josh Reynolds is right there too. Yeah, the issue with Reynolds is Van Jefferson's been playing more and more, right? And that seems like a kind of game where um, – they would want to continue to get their rookies more and more involved and get, get them more reps. Reynolds on the surface as the deep ball guy makes a lot of sense against the Jets team. That's bottom five covering the deep ball. So if he was playing, if this was like three, four weeks ago and he was playing 90% of the snaps, I would say Josh Reynolds is one of the best plays on the board. Uh, but I'm probably looking in a different direction because he could easily see 45% of the snaps in this game. Uh, Michael Gallup is a guy that's worth talking about. CeeDee Lamb ran um, a career low on routes last week. Gallup led the team in snaps. He's got some big playability. Hasn't really come through, but at 3,600, I think is is worth at least mentioning out loud. Well, the other guys, too. You have, like, Darnell Mooney. You mentioned how bad that the Viking secondary is. He'd be my preferred number two option. He's only $3,900. Then you have all the Jags guys. DJ Charks, a lot. But Keelan Cole, who's running, like, over 85% of the snaps in that offense, was better with Minshew earlier on in the season. He's only 4000 bucks. Like, I'm not super scared of Baltimore's defense at this point. Yeah, I don't blame you for not being super scared of Baltimore's defense at this point. Their big thing is pressure and turnovers, but they'll give up points. Uh, Chenault's coming off an 11-target game. Uh, maybe his best game might be against Minnesota where he caught a pass for a touchdown that was intended for DJ Shark, and they got very lucky on that one. Uh, Keelan Cole, I think, is an interesting guy that people don't want to play, um, but he's shown big playability. So I don't, I don't mind that play at all, uh, and they're going to be down a lot in that game. Uh, one guy, by the way, just in terms of we, we skipped over running backs, but is, is Min Price, um, that I think might be worth talking about a little bit, is the Ravens receivers are really banged up or have COVID issues this week. right? Marquise Brown, Miles Boykin, uh, both on the COVID list. Uh, Mark Ingram played one snap last week. Gus Edwards is Min Price, um, and he's a guy that historically, when the Ravens get up big, they, they hammer He's the late game hammer where guys don't feel like tackling anymore, and he gets all the 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 goal line work as well. I think he's a sneaky guy with two touchdown upside that'll carry very low ownership as as a min price kind of back. Would you go to him, or would you try to sneak in someone like Willie Sneed at forty three hundred bucks, or like Duvalnay, that guy? <laughs> <laughs> I just honestly, I don't know how many times the Ravens are going to throw the ball. Um, I mean. Duvernay is a guy that's got some some ability uh, after the catch, but he's best in the slot, and that's where Willie Sneed's going to be. I don't know if I really like him on the outside, but I mean the Jags corners are made up players, so I get where you're going with it, but I don't think the Ravens' pass game is going to probably throw enough uh, to make either guy someone that I really want involved uh, in my lineups. Yeah, so I can see that. Hmm. Patriots guys it would strike me as Jacoby Myers would be the best play in the slot against the two good outside Dolphins corners you'd want the guy patrolling the middle of the field if that's a right you want to go but do we kind of see the Patriots and Ravens the same way where how many times are they actually going to pass I mean Cam the last time Cam Newton threw two touchdowns was December of 2018 uh the Dolphins have one of the best secondaries you look at Jacoby Myers and his numbers with N. Keel Harry back uh, they've they've kind of fallen off a cliff. I know he had a he had an okay game last week, but you know you're looking at like 50 less yards per game with Harry back and Harry uh, 
33% of his targets this year have actually come in the red zone. So he, he owns a lot of that touchdown equity in the passing game. Um, that Patriots-Dolphins game, outside of maybe Washington, is not one that I'm super excited to, to have much action. And we saw this game the first time where the Patriots damn near ran the ball every play. Hmm. Last guy, Traquan, who all of a sudden was just a big part of the passing game with Taysom Hill once they fell behind. If you think they fall behind against the Chiefs, who is he, 3300 bucks. 3200 bucks. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's one of those good game stack guys where I'd probably prefer to go to him over McCall uh, Hardman. Um, Smith is going to run as the wide receiver, too, if they're playing catch-up mode. He's got big playability. I think that's a great cheap guy. And you're going to need one of those cheap guys, especially if you try to do Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill. Um, you're going to need at least one, probably two cheap guys. And stacking up with Traquan Smith makes a lot of sense in game stacks. All right, let's move to tight ends. Obviously, if we look at the most expensive tight ends on the board, Travis Kelsey is going to be up there at $8,000. It's justifiable. He's been underpriced for weeks now, and now they've finally caught up to what he is actually worth on the DraftKings slate versus every other tight end who sucks. Then you have Mark Andrews at 55, Hawkinson at 52, and then it's just... You haven't been losing money playing Gronk at his price point recently. So I'm kind of intrigued by that. It's only 4200 bucks. Same with Logan Thomas at 4000 Like, those two guys have been relatively consistent at a position where there is no consistency. Yeah, Logan Thomas is a guy that just continues to see seven-plus targets. Um, I wouldn't play him on the same team I play Terry McLaren, but I don't mind him at 4000 He's definitely too cheap. Gronk got bailed out by a uh, one-target, two-yard touchdown game last week. But he's definitely looked a lot better, uh, and the Falcons are a pass funnel defense, so I don't mind that call at all. Travis Kelsey is just like he's 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 got he scores like thirty points a game no matter what, uh, and the Chiefs are allowing fantasy points to the tight end position this year. He's gonna see eight plus targets in this game. He's gonna go over seventy yards. He's gonna get a couple uh, scoring opportunities. Eight uh, K is a a large price tag to pay, but I certainly get wanting to do it. Again, Andrews goes back to the – he's probably the best Ravens pass catcher, but I just don't know how much volume there's going to be. Hawkinson is a guy I really like. If I'm going to go mid-tier, it's probably him. And then I'm, I'm the kind of guy that really likes to punt the tight end position because if the guy falls in the end zone or you know gets eight points, I'm actually in pretty good position because a lot of these mid-tier guys don't end up doing that much. Yeah, so Cole Komet, 3000 bucks. Just lock him in. Uh, I don't want to say lock him in, but I definitely think he's a guy that has seen seven targets in back-to-back weeks. We're looking uh, in a matchup against Minnesota where they've struggled against the tight end position this year, giving up a lot of targets. And he's out running, uh, he's running more routes and playing more snaps than Jimmy Graham. Now, Jimmy Graham eats into his touchdown upside a little bit because they still really like him in those goal line situations. But they were playing both guys near the goal line last week. So I think at $3,000, he's too cheap. Um, and a guy that just continues to break my heart, Pat, is Jordan Akins. Um, they're out of weapons there in, in Houston, and he's he's running as the tight end one. He had an easy touchdown last week that he uh, lost in the sun against Detroit. He had two scoring opportunities, one he dropped, one Deshaun Watson missed him. Uh, I, I think he's a guy that is – last week they obviously got blown out and – uh, he played a little bit less towards the end, but the week before he ran a career or sorry, season high in routes. He's only $2,800. Uh, they're going to be in catch up mode a lot. I think he's a, at least a little bit interesting. 
Uh, Jack Doyle is a guy that probably doesn't offer much upside, but is only $2,800, led the team in snaps against Houston. That's the worst team in the league covering tight ends. So I think it's a pay up for Kelsey, maybe Hawkinson, for sure Komet, although he's going to be super chalky. The only one I can really think besides those two mid-tier guys in Thomas and Gronk, they might be a bit too expensive for what more people want to do. I hate to say it because I hate this guy, but Jared Cook's only 3400 bucks. He's playing Casey, pass-happy script. He's got a touchdown each of the past two weeks. It just seems really cheap for him. Yeah, it is, and that's how you, you attack the Chiefs with running backs and tight ends. Uh, this was a, this would be a guy that if Drew Brees was the starting quarterback, we would talk about is probably the best value play on the slate. Uh, but because Taysom Hill's there and Hill hasn't worked with him that much, you know, that tight end, the tight end chemistry isn't there. Uh, it's it's he hasn't had the upside, but this is the the Chiefs are a tight end funnel defense. He's going to be on the field a lot and he opens up everything else. Right. We, we just talked about trying to find cheap guys in this game. Jared Cook is exactly that quarterbacks we can talk about the best stacks that we think of the week i do if stafford ends up playing i think that one's going to be very low owned obviously the mahomes stack is mahomes and goff are probably the two best going just matchups on paper and projected point totals looking at optimizers it's telling me cam newton i'm not going to do that what about just jalen hurts by himself yeah, I was gonna say you can't stack Cam Newton. <laughs> that's that's a no-no. But uh, Jalen Hurts ran 18 times last week, which is the most of a quarterback uh, this year. This this guy also did that against a Saints team that had allowed the fewest quarterback rush attempts of any team in football. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is a he's underpriced. He's the Konami code, right? Those guys that run 10 plus times, they they just have such a high floor. Um, he had 100 yards rushing, 200 yards passing, one passing touchdown, and ended up with 24 points. I mean. If he ends up with a touchdown on the ground in that same type of game, we're looking at a 30-point performance. So I think he's a guy that's that's really intri- intriguing. The Cardinals play up-tempo too, which is which is good there. Taysom Hill at 6,000 is a guy you could game stack with. He's got a lot of rushing upside. Um, I think those two guys are good mid-tier guys. Um, and if I want to look down, I don't actually hate Mitch Trubisky and potentially a way to do like Trubisky, Allen Robinson, Cole Komet, Dalvin Cook. Um, I think that stack's got some validity to it. Trubisky looked good against the Texans. We know he's got rushing upside. It's in a dome. I think Trubisky is a decent, cheap punt quarterback that that you could stack up with. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to go that low. If I did, it would likely be... I mean, I don't hate Alex Smith against Seattle at 5000 bucks because just he has very logical game stacks to go with, and that opens up the entire top of the board. Other than that... It'd probably be Minshew against the Ravens because no one's going to want to use him, but he can just put up garbage time stats. Like, they're 14-point dogs. He's going to be chucking, like, 45 times in this game. And you can figure out the pieces that go with him a lot easier than some of these other quarterbacks. But I think it's a decent week for a one-off if you really wanted to do it. Like, Lamar is a one-off at 75, I think makes a lot of sense, uh, considering he looked like he was back to normal. Tom Brady by himself i talked about this last week i got laughed off the page i talk about it kind of every week i don't know where the ball is going but it tends to go to the end zone with tom brady and this is a pass funnel team that they're playing against in the falcons they tried they have a very good run defense they keep everything to the air like brady might throw for five touchdowns but one might be to scotty miller one might be to cameron Brait. like there is no rhyme or reason like it was mike evans for a while but he's gonna have two catches for a touchdown and like 11 yards like that's not that's not doing me anything for his price point but brady continues to come through in terms of scoring fantasy points yeah <laughs> 
Pat, I don't know if I can blame you for not seeing the, you know, the backup slot receiver, Scotty Miller, catching, you know, 40-yard deep touchdowns. Like, I don't know why that's not part of your process, figuring that out. But if you ever do figure that one out, please let me know. Um, Brady is a guy that, you know, we just talked about no Ronald Jones. They're not going to trust either running back. He could throw 45-plus times in this one. I think he's a he's a good 20-max guy because, like you just said, you don't necessarily know the receivers. But if he does throw 45-plus times and five touchdowns, a couple of those receivers are going to be 5% owned with um, multi-touchdown games or 100-yard games. Uh, so I would definitely want to play 20, uh, 20 max Tom Brady teams where I rotate his wide receiver exposure. And the other guy that we we can talk about as a one-off, if you don't like Kenyon Drake, is Kyler Murray. You know, we just talked about he's healthy. He rushed 13-plus times last week. Eagles are one of the worst deep ball teams in the, the league. Uh, they finally started moving DeAndre Hopkins around the formation. It helped him get off uh, a lot better last week. I just think that Murray is a guy at 7,000. When he was healthy, he was an 8-plus K um quarterback i think it one off 7k kyler murray makes a lot of sense yeah i can definitely get behind that that the problem is i would want to put hopkins with him or christian kirk with him just to really try to maximize it because i'm not really maybe tarzan dan arnold this is a guy who catches touchdowns every single week now apparently but it does seem like there is passing upside and you can kind of narrow it down a little bit more where with the bucks i feel like it could be legit anyone catching a touchdown Oh, it's much easier to say, Kyler, go stack him up with DeAndre Hopkins. That's probably going to be a lower own stack. And Kyler can rush for two and throw for three, and Hopkins can catch two. I'd really like to see a 40-point performance out of Hopkins at some point. His ceiling seems to be closer to that 28 to 30-point range. Just in terms of one of these guys is going to go off this weekend, whether it's Cook or Henry or Hill or for a 40-point performance. So I want to I want to see that from Hopkins. Uh, but Brady, you're 100% right. It's that off, like they just have so much talent in that receiving core. I mean, two years ago, we talked about Antonio Brown was no doubt about it, the best receiver in the NFL. This man's running routes and not even seeing very many targets right now. And he's the third option in the passing game. So that, that's what makes it so difficult. Chris Godwin didn't have a good game last week, but he also was 30 yards down the field, uh, breaking over the middle with no one within 20 yards of him. And Tom Brady airmailed it, what would have been a 70 yard touchdown. If he caught it, we probably might be talking about Chris Godwin. So, um, the Falcons secondary is abysmal. They're a pass funnel. Um, they're guys that are going to get beat up by Mike Evans. It's in a dome. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, the Tom Brady call, I think, is a, is a real sharp one. It would be Godwin for me if I was going to do it. Like, if I was going to do that, maybe I don't need to do the triple stack with it. But I guess if I was to do it, it would be Brady, Gronk, Godwin. If not, I think it's just Godwin and Brady if you're going to do it. Yeah, I mean, Evans has been a little bothered by that hamstring injury too, right? It's pretty touchdown dependent. Hasn't had as many yards as we're used to in, in years past. So I agree. Godwin, I think, is the number one receiver on that team to play in DFS this week. Defenses. You can save some money at defense unless you want to pay for the Rams at $4,500. Probably not what I'm going to be doing. So let's just scroll to the bottom here, see what's going on. You got the Jags, you got the Jets, probably take a hard pass on them. Washington. Again, every week I play Washington's defense. Every week they're pretty good. I think they're they're one of the highest scoring defenses of the year, if not like the highest. They're like top five. They average over eight DraftKings points per game. It's twenty six hundred bucks. Russell Wilson's going to take some sacks. Trust me on that one. I, I think he's. I think Washington again is a good play. Yeah, they're too cheap. I mean, they have to stop putting this team at sub three K with that pass rush. They they just they get pressure. They get home. They cause turnovers. That's what they do. So I really like the call of Washington. 
2600 um that's probably as cheap as i'd want to go i mean the jets are going to get steamrolled the jaguars defense does nothing and it's a run heavy team the lions are going to see 20 pass attempts against them it's just those situations i i mean i love completely punting defense and embracing variance there's just so few opportunities and we want to look for pressure in teams that struggle with pressure um the cowboys defense they really luck box last week with three fumbles and one return for a touchdown uh but san francisco's offense isn't particularly scary it's especially missing their top two playmakers with Mostert and um debo samuel out probably not top two right iok has jumped in there but um whatever uh, and the Vikings play Mitch Trubisky at home. That's that's always worth talking about a little bit because we know Trubisky can go off. But the Vikings don't get pressure and they can't cover anybody. Uh, at that point, you know, if you go up a little bit higher, the Cardinals are worth talking about. Like Jalen Hurts is definitely a guy that has a lot of room to grow in the passing game. And, you know, mistakes with rookie quarterbacks, first game on the road. You could definitely see a Cardinals team that's been getting pressure. Uh, and has the ability to take away tight ends, which is how the Eagles have really run their offense. Uh, could make some sense as well at 2,100. I think if you're going to go above 3,000, you just stick in that $3,000 range. You go 49ers, Bucks, or Patriots, one of those three. Yeah, I, the issue with the Patriots is I don't know how much the Dolphins are actually throw. I think the Bucks are a great call with no Julio Jones. We know Matt Ryan falls apart without them. This is a team that was playing at a historical rate the first half of the season. They do still have Carlton Davis. I would love to get Jamal, Jamal Dean back. He's the guy that really takes away the big plays. Uh, if he plays this week, that's huge to stop Calvin Ridley. Uh, they get pressure, and Ryan stinks under pressure. So I have no issues whatsoever. I really like that Bucks call. All right. That'll do it. Pat Mayo experience. Week 15. DraftKings picks. The Listener League link is in the description if you want to play in the Listener's League link this Listener's League this week. Uh, it's almost full already, so you might want to go reserve your spot. Elliot, what do you got going on at FTN Daily this week? I got um, my top 10 under 10. I got a couple shows tonight. I really highly encourage everyone to check out uh, the FTN Happy Hour tonight, which will start at 6.45. It'll be live streamed on Twitter with myself and Brad Evans and Jeff Radcliffe. We run through the Thursday night game, favorite bets, favorite plays, uh, every single bet we make, we talk about whether it's going to be Austin Eckler receptions or or Guyton's longest receiving prop. I mean, we try to break down every single betting aspect completely free on Twitter tonight, FTM Happy Hour. Uh, you know, and we got and I got a ton of content coming out for the for the weekend slate, top ten under ten favorite matchup plays. Everything can be found at FTMDaily.com. I will be back on Friday evening with the DraftKings ownership and the injury report. And that'll be it for me for the week. But you can find my pivots column and cheat sheet, cheat sheet up on dkplaybook.com. FTN pivots will be up on ftndaily.com. I'll have that basketball strategy show next week. So if you do have a basketball DraftKings question, dump it in the comment section. If you don't have a comment, just smash the like button and sub to the channel. All right. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, 
you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.